welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. because I learned these little fairy tales and nursery rhymes as children. I, I did as well. I can still quote most of them. There's some of them I missed, but I, I remember most of them. And so this morning what I want us to do is I want us to look at one of our uh, childhood favorite fairy tales and see if it doesn't teach us some lessons that we need to learn. Uh, so you probably know this one. Um, uh, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again. So you know it, right? All right. So, yeah, so we're going to talk about Humpty Dumpty. John, think quick. Uh, yeah, you're lucky. That one's boiled. All right. So uh, <laughs> I wish y'all could have seen John's eyes if they were about this big. Uh, it, it's crazy that there you go. There's lunch. There's, there's sermon snacks right there. So... Um, it's crazy to think that a, a simple little mother goose nursery rhyme could teach us, but it does. But before I, I, I get into the nursery rhyme, I want to see if maybe there's a parallel account in Scripture that also teaches us some of the same lessons, because I believe there is. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 5. I'm going to read verses 1 through 14. Let's see if this uh, account doesn't parallel uh, what, what this nursery rhyme says. It says, Now Naaman was a commander of the army of the king of Aram, and he was a great man in the sight of his master and highly regarded, because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram, and he was a valiant soldier, but he had leprosy. Now bands of raiders from Aram had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she served Naaman's wife. And she said to her mistress, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he could cure him of his leprosy. And Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. And by all means go, the king of Aram replied, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, With this letter I am sending my servant Naaman to you, so that you may cure him of his leprosy. And as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robe and said, Am I God? Can, can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? See how he is trying to pick a quarrel with me? And when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent, from, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me and he will know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stopped at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would have surely come out to meet me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand, his little magic wand over the spot, and cure me of my leprosy. Are not uh, Abana and uh, Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. 
And Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped himself in the muddy Jordan. Those of you that have been there know. Uh, seven times. And as the man of God had told him, uh, as the man of God had told him, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Naaman is described as a commander. Naaman is described as a valiant warrior. In fact, if you go back and read it carefully, it says that God used Naaman to bring victory to the country he lived in, to the kingdom that he lived in. He is considered uh, uh, highly regarded and esteemed as this incredible military force, leader, commander. He, he, he's like Humpty. He is highly esteemed, valued, placed, elevated. They have placed him on the wall. In fact, the entire king of the nation will acquiesce to whatever Naaman requests. If, if he needs to go somewhere, yes, you can do what you need to do. I'll send a letter of, of introduction for you. He was, high, he was on the wall. It's like he had it all together. He was powerful. He was respected. He was revered. But just like Humpty, not only was he sitting on the wall, but Humpty had a great fall. Because if you go back and you read carefully, what you discover is that, that, uh, uh, that there's an issue. Because if you notice in the last statement in verse 1, it says this. He was a valiant soldier, comma, but he had leprosy. I want you to understand this morning that everyone in this room, without exception, has a comma in your life. He was, you need to understand that Naaman was mighty on the outside, but on the inside, there were problems. You need to understand that he was admired in public, but he knew the truth about himself in private. You need to understand that in the privacy of his own home, when he was alone and he would take off this heavy armor and, and, and all the, the, uh, the, the military garb that he would wear, that when he looked in the mirror, he could not get past the fact that he had an incurable disease called leprosy. He was broken. His future was shattered and scrambled. His, his fans saw the stripes on his jacket and the coat and on his armor that told of his, his military exploits, but he, they, they couldn't quite see past the facade of all of that to recognize that deep down there had been a comma placed in his life. And like Humpty Dumpty, he had had a great fall. Uh, I wonder how many of our, our fans can't see past what we project. I wonder how many of us are, are hiding brokenness this morning and, and we need to learn the lessons from this little nursery rhyme but also from this biblical account that, that there are some lessons that will impact us and change us because so many of us are also hiding brokenness. Here's the first lesson I need to teach you this morning, and I, I hope you'll get this in your spirit, is, is this, is that hidden, broken, hidden brokenness is not the same thing as healed 
brokenness. <coughs> I, boy, that, that was better than what y'all... Uh, hidden brokenness is not the same thing as healed brokenness. Because some of us believe that because we have our brokenness healed or, or hidden, that we have also had it resolved. But the truth this morning is this, is that a lot of us go through our daily activities and we have a lot of people fooled. And uh, we come to church on a Sunday morning and we have individuals that we have fooled. We stand on a stage and we sing and we act like we have it all together and, and we think nobody really knows. That's the outward expression of what's uh, going on in our life. But what about the inward situations of our life? Some of us think that because we have this this public persona that that there's this 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 just veil of perfection on the outside we go to work and we smile and we go to school and we parade around like we've got it all together and we come to church and we we play like nothing's wrong in our life and we we we, we we've got everybody fooled except for us because we know that behind this uh, public perfection, there's this private pain that has not been resolved. I just need to reinforce this truth to you this morning that just because you have it hidden doesn't mean that it's been healed. How many of us cover up? How many of us are faking it? In the privacy of our own room, uh, in our own home, we unmask and we come unglued. And in the safety of the hidden places, we are exposed to the depth of our own brokenness and we discover that we too are scrambled and shattered and broken. But when we get here, how you doing? Blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. Well, really? Because last night you were curled up in a fetal position because you were so stressed about how I'm going to pay my bills. And you come in here and people say, how you doing? Oh, it's been a great week. Oh, really? Because you and your wife fought like cats and dogs all week long. And you're really wondering if your relationship's even going to be able to endure another week. And some of you are coming here and say, how you doing? Oh, I've been provided for Jehovah Jireh. He's my provider. When the truth is, is that you're really wondering how you're going to keep the creditors off of your back for another week. And we walk through life hiding brokenness but never resolving our brokenness. See, what this account teaches us is this. Uh, uh, Naaman is, is valiant in battle, but at home he's broken. And an interesting uh, exchange takes place because the Bible says that uh, the, the, the kingdom that uh, Naaman's a part of has raided Israel and taken a little girl captive. Now, you need to understand, this is a, that, that in and itself, because if you capture me and I'm your slave, I'm probably not going to let you in on any facts that would heal you. <coughs> Some of you missed that. That's a, there's a powerful exchange that takes place here that shows that this little slave girl still had the mind that, uh, of God and of compassion and mercy because she, gets, she sees the brokenness in the house that she's living in and she responds, I need you to see what's taking place. Please, please, please don't miss this. Naaman is broken and there's no hope. And a little slave girl, okay, red flags ought to be going off in your, your mind. Like uh, a little slave girl, I'm going I'm to slow down. A little slave girl speaks to her master and says, I can help you. you Y'all, you didn't, somebody, I'm going to go to this side. Maybe this side's awake this morning. A little slave girl speaks to her mouth, okay? So, not, you got to understand what's happening here. An unexpected voice 
Uh, someone that is lower, lower class, at least in their opinion, because she's not in the upper echelon of society, she's captive. She's a foreigner. And she's a she. That doesn't mean as much now. Uh, to us, and we, the alarm bells don't go off, but in that day, the, the, women, the women had no rights, they had no voice, they weren't supposed to speak until they were spoken to, and yet she is bold enough to step up. Can I just tell you this morning that you need some unexpected people that have the ability to rise up in your life and to speak life into you, and here it is, and you'll listen to them. You will listen to them because she understood this, that, and this is the truth that she taught him in that moment, and that is this, is that brokenness must be uncovered to be cured. There's no other way. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again, right? Well, Naaman, here's this little slave girl say to him, I, 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 I know where you can go. And so Naaman responds by talking to his king. Hey, I need you to help me. Then they send a letter to the king of Israel and say to the king of Israel, you need to heal this dude. Are you with me? Okay, because this is important. Because I read it to you, the king of Israel comes back and responds like this. Am I God? What are you, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? Why? I don't, I don't have the ability to do what you're asking me to do. So here's the lesson that I need to teach you this morning, and that is this. Brokenness is permanent if you don't go to the right kingdom. I'm going to say it another way. If we don't go to the right kingdom, any solution that we find for our brokenness is only temporary. Naaman discovered that his king couldn't help. He discovered that the king of Israel couldn't help, that these men had power. They both, both kings, they're kings, y'all. They can give, they, they can make edicts and they can make decrees and they can give commands and they have authority and they have power, but they have no authority in this particular situation and they don't have the power to deal with Naaman's brokenness, right? Because that's the wrong kingdom. The wrong kingdom. So our problem is this. How many of us keep going to the wrong kingdom to find solutions for our brokenness? Oh, I'm preaching right now. This is what we do. We apply quick and temporary fixes to compound fractures. We keep putting band-aids on areas where we really need surgery. Uh, we, we, we get patches when what we really need is a transplant. Right? We keep going. Too often we turn to people and things that don't have the power necessary to resolve the brokenness of our life. We keep running into people going, can you help me? And they go, am I God? We keep running to things. Can, can this resolve it? And it has no ability. I have a question for you today, I, I, and I need you to answer this in your own life. Is any of the stuff that you've been running to, are any of the people, are they God? Can they really fix the brokenness of your life? I, because if not, then their solution that they offer you is temporary. One more fix, one more dose, one more purchase, one more touch, one more thing, one more adrenaline rush. They all come up short. And they will never affect the area of your life permanently. And the effect will wear off. 
And most of us are even willing to try some crazy stuff that we never thought we would try because we're so desperate for a solution that we turn to all these other things. We try them, and they don't work. And we go through life broken. Naaman discovered what we have discovered, if we were honest, and that is that the kingdom of this world lacks the power necessary to resolve or heal our brokenness. In fact, I want to submit to you what you already know. The power of this world, the, 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 res, the resolutions that our world offers us, all they do is they, they numb and they distract and they delay all the king's horses and all the king's men come up short. Well, you know, it's kind of crazy to me that what we'll do is we'll even, uh, we, we try crazy stuff and then we want to argue and resist instructions that are simple, that actually work. And that way, if, because see, we wanted, I, I want the spectacular, wave your hand in front of me. Get your little magic wand out. Let me take one little dose and that'll fix it all. I can't get no help up in here. Am I, am I just preaching to me this morning? Well, we want this show. We want it to be. And, and yet, when somebody will take a mic in a setting like this and give us simple little instructions that if we would follow them would set us free and resolve our brokenness, we will resist and argue. That's exactly what Naaman does. He goes, what? You want me to go dip in the Jordan? Let me, let, let's get real. Let, let's put it in our perspective because most of you have never seen the Jordan, so in your mind it's pristine and beautiful and clear waters. Some of y'all know what it's really actually like in certain areas. Uh, so let me put it like this. Na Naaman says, you want me to go dip in the Canadian? <laughs> That's exactly. That is a perfect parallel example of what the Jordan looks like, minus the fact that in the Jordan, never mind. Ask some of us that went to Israel what's really in the Jordan, at least part of the Jordan. You want me to do that? You want me to do something simple? I need a show. I need a formula. I need a recipe. I need you to pull me up on stage, prophesy over me, knock me down, like slather me with oil, send me home with 92 steps to freedom, and then I'll, I'll, that's what I'm looking for. But we won't do the simple stuff. So we stand up on Sundays like this and we say uh, one of the best ways to get healed is to forgive people. What? Huh? Are you serious? I need something else. I don't like that one. Well, I, I, need, I, need a, I need a financial breakthrough. So we'll stand up here and say, okay, cool, this is simple. Give 10% right off the top. What? Are you crazy? Could you give me like 12 envelopes I could live out of each week? And, but let me do, and, and I got nothing against all that. But we won't even take the easy steps. And we want to ne negotiate and argue about the things that would actually bring resolution. And finally, Naaman servants look at him and go, you've got to be kidding. They're asking you to do something simple. If they'd asked you to do something hard, you would have complied. 
What has God said to you that's simple that you keep asking him to give you something hard that if you would do the simple, you wouldn't have to do the hard? I, I, what, what is it in your life? What instructions has he given you that would produce healing if we would simply obey? So, so the, see, the only way to, to find help is that Naaman discovered that, that one of the things about this prophet is that this prophet would not put up with surface level issues. He only wanted help with his skin. Oh, you know what's coming, don't you? But the prophet was dealing with his sin because the real issue of Naaman's life was pride. And so the prophet pushed past the skin, the surface level, to, to help him discover and find a very real solution for his brokenness. Can I say to you this morning that, 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 that my solution for brokenness for you is the same as in the story? Because here it is, in a nutshell, the little servant girl looks at him and says, Hey, hey dude, I know a guy. And I just came to say to you this morning, Hey, Relationship broken? I know a guy. Uh, are you struggling financially? Hey, hey, psst, 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 psst. hey, I know a guy. Are you sick in your body? Hey, hey, I know, I know. Go to the doctor, but when it comes down to the bottom line, listen, psst, psst, hey, hey, I, I happen to know a guy. Your kids are running out of control and driving you crazy. Hey, you can borrow my belt, but let me tell you, I, I, I also have some better news than that. I got, I, I know, I know, I, I know this guy. I know this guy. I, I, I just need to give you uh, some information. I want you to know that I know a man. I, I know this guy that specializes in brokenness. I, I, I know this guy. There's this dude I know that has the ability to handle brokenness. In fact, I, I just want to give you some of the reviews that have been written about this guy I'm talking about. Just, just so you'll believe the credentials. Here, here, is, here are his credentials. Like Psalms 34, 17 says that God is close to the brokenhearted and those that are crushed in spirit. Well, then Psalm 147 comes back and brags about this guy again in verse 3 when he says he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds because then Isaiah comes along in verse in chapter 42 verse 3 and he says he will not crush the weakened the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle but he will bring justice to all who have been wrong <laughs> I know a guy I know a guy. Well, but, but, but does this guy even believe this about himself? Yeah, he does. Because in the New Testament, this guy stands up in Luke chapter 4, and beginning in verse 18 through 19, he begins to just talk about himself. He makes declarations about himself. He says this. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to do what? To heal the brokenhearted. I know a guy. He says, I have come to heal the brokenhearted. He said, I didn't come to just patch it up. I didn't come to just fix it for a week. I didn't come to just deal with it for a month. He says, I have shown up on this planet for the sole purpose of healing, to bringing back to the original state your broken hearts. He says, I've been sent to preach deliverance to the captives. He says, I, I've, I've been sent to, to bring recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. I know a guy that has the ability to handle and heal your brokenness. My question this morning then is this, do you? Do you know this guy? Because what I've discovered about this guy 
is that, that he forces us to push past surface level issues to get to our real issue. And the reason that so many of us continue to walk around broken is because we continue to try to hide the very thing that he came to heal. Ooh, um, I'm concerned that too many of us hide our hurts and I'm concerned that too many of us cover our cracks and we continue to put band-aids on our brokenness. But, but you've got to understand that all the king's horses and all the you can go to all the self-help seminars you want to go to. You can read or listen to all the audio books and podcasts and they're never going to be able to fix what's really wrong. Because the final lesson today is this. The cure for brokenness isn't what you know. It's who you know. And I know a man. I, I have mentioned this in times past. Catherine, you can come on. I, I have mentioned this in times past, that, but I want to reiterate it again this morning. Maybe you missed it. I just need to remind you that uh, there's a rhetorical question asked in Scripture, and it says this. Is there not a bomb, not a bomb, a bomb in Gilead? And the prophet responds, yes, there is. Because the prophet recognized he knew a guy. And here's the truth that you need to understand this morning out of that statement. Why is it so important that he says that he knows there's a bomb in Gilead? Because this bomb that could only be found, there was a little shrub that could only be found in Gilead. They would take that shrub and they would break it and a sap would run out. And they would grab that sap and they would apply it to an open wound. And it, and it did two things. Number one is it pulled out all the bitterness and all the poison and all the infection. I know a guy. Some of you walked in here poisoned and infected and it's all you oh I could get really graphic but I'll save you because it's almost time for lunch for some of you but 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 it's a bad it's bad it's an open and there's but I know a guy and that would be enough but there was another medicinal fact in this bomb of Gilead that Jesus fits as well because not only did it pull out all the poison, the other thing it did is it caused the wound to, to, to heal with no scar. No visible reminder. No indication that I've been broken, that I've been hurt. Restored to like brand new. Hmm. Like brand new. Like, hmm, like, like a new creation. Hmm. Like old things are passed away and behold, all things hmm, are new. So that I don't have to go through life hiding my brokenness and my shame. My brokenness and my shame can be healed. I, I, I wonder this morning if maybe... In a room like this, with people like this, I, I know you came and looking all nice and neat and perfect and cleaned up. <laughs> but I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if maybe, maybe what's really going on is in this room is a, maybe we're all just a bunch of eggs, Humpty Dumpties, and we've, because we've all had a comma, and we've all had a great fall. But have you met the guy? 
that can put you back together again. I want you to stand with me this morning. Father, I pray this morning that you would do one of the most difficult things that we ask you to do. It, it may be the most difficult thing that we ask you to do on any given Sunday. And that is we ask you to help us to put away our walls and our fakeness and our facade and to pull off our mask. <laughs> Father, we're, we're asking you to help us to become real this morning. To be honest with ourselves so that we don't walk out of here acting like we've got it all together. When the truth is, is that most of us are shattered and scrambled. And in the privacy of our car, when we get off the parking lot, the real comes out. And in the privacy of our home, we tend to hurt the people that love us the most simply because in the privacy of our own home, we feel safe enough to put down the act. And so, Father, I pray this morning what you would do is you would walk through every row and every aisle and go past every chair and help us, each and every one of us, to be transparent enough to admit the areas of our brokenness to you. I pray that you would accomplish what you want to accomplish today in Jesus' name. This is what I want us to do. If, if you're here this morning and you would say, Pastor Steve, there are areas of brokenness in my life. Nobody, maybe nobody in this entire building is aware of it. Maybe nobody even knows. Maybe, maybe I've been coming to the same church, sitting in the same chair next to the same people for a decade, for a decade or more. Maybe for three years or more. Maybe for three months or more. And they think you've got it all together because you raise your hands and you know the songs and you smile on the way out. But you would be honest enough this morning to say, I'm broken. There are broken areas of my life. And I'm tired of settling for temporary solutions and band-aids when I have the opportunity to receive complete and total healing for that issue in my life. If that's you, then quickly I want you to step out. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion. 